Hey, buddies. Welcome once again to the Franco Observer Podcast. I am your host, Jason Rudy, and I'm doing this special bonus episode because um, I've been doing a bunch of research on uh, the Emmanuel films because I'm uh, going into production on two of my own Emmanuel films, and I'm going to be doing quite a few more, like seven total, because a lot of the Emmanuel cycles... If you go through and look at the numbers, they always do sevens. Uh, they did seven with original with double M's. Uh, there was like seven TV series. and Anyway, anyway, go through and look at all those. There's sevens. So I was watching um, the Blu-ray of Emmanuel and the Deadly Black Cobra, which is also called Black Cobra. Um, I picked this up for a few reasons. Because uh, I'm getting into Joe D'Amato. I'm into Laura Gimzer. I've been watching her films. And uh, this is not really a Emmanuel movie. They retitled it Emmanuel and the Deadly Black Cobra because she had done this in between Emmanuel films and with Joe D'Amato. So they went ahead and called it Emmanuel and the Deadly Black Cobra. So you're saying, well, Jason, this is a Frank Observer podcast and you're talking about a Joe D'Amato movie and Laura Gimzer and Emmanuel and all that shit. What does it have to do with Jess Franco? Well, another reason why I bought the Blu-ray was because when I did the episode on Eugenie um, and was going through that, doing the research on that, um, I had read about um, when Harry Allen Towers and Jess Franco ended up dissolving their partnership that they had left a few um, unfinished projects that were on the table that that they were going to do from like around 1970. And uh, there was like about three of them, uh, or no, let's see, there was like, uh, uh, let's see, Franco parted from Harry Allen Towers with a number of mooted projects still unreleased. Here it is. Black Cobra with Vincent Price and Peter Cushing, which eventually saw production in 1976, six years later, directed by Joe D'Amato. Okay, so this is six years later. Joe D'Amato. Uh, Joe D'Amato and him got together in, uh, what was it, 1975, a year before this, for Justine in the Whip. And uh, this was the one where he had taken uh, Julieta and uh, Sex... And, um, let's see. He had strung together uh, Justine and Midnight Party and a few things together to make this version of Justine. So this was 75, um, the Franco version that came out in 79 when, when, uh, Joe D'Amato, um, 79-80, who took footage from Midnight Party. Well, actually, I'll read it to you. Uh, da, 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 da. Hardcore variant produced, okay, it was released... Anywhere in original form, it's only released in the world as a Justine, the Italian variant shaped here, which was cobbled together by Jody Amato in 1979-1980, who shuffled together some footage from another 75 Franco film, Midnight Party. Okay, so that's 80. So basically, before that, him and Franco, they had known each other talking and stuff. So uh, this project went over to Jody Amato. I'm not sure how it went over to him or what, but it kind of sucks because watching this film... I totally got tons of Jess Franco vibes watching it. It's a total Jess Franco film. And on the Blu-ray and on the IMDb I checked, it says written by 
Aristide Lassassier, which is Jody Amato's real name. I'm, I'm sure I pronounced it wrong, but uh, yes, yeah, so that's Jody Amato's real name. So he took credit for the writing of this. But if you watch this film, at first I was watching it, I was like, okay, I, I could see some Franco similarities. But then when I went through my Franco checklist, it was like tons of the stuff. So I decided that I'm going to do this little abbreviated episode by myself and kind of talk to you about Emmanuel and the Deadly Black Cobra, which for we should call it Black Cobra because that was the Jess Franco thing. Um, starts off with, I mean, just go through the list real quick. Body of water, yes. Sailboats, boats, yes, yes. Palm trees, yes. Uh, jungle sound effects, not too much because Franco didn't direct it. This is just his writing stuff, so you see a lot of his um, elements. Uh, chained up person, no. Uh, dance scene on stage, stripping, yes. Club scenes, dancing, yes. Jazz music, number nine, yes. And since Franco didn't shoot this, excessive zooms or out-of-focus shots, those don't count. Uh, mirror shots, there are a few. Mind control theme, no. Magic tongue scenes, yes. Red light, no. Uh, masturbation with a C item, uh, a lot of masturbating in this, but I don't know about C item. Mad scientist, no. Okay, fish tank shots. There are tons of snake, uh, there's, they keep these glass tanks with the snakes inside, and they shoot tons through the tank shots, just like Franco did. So I was sitting there watching, checking off the things, going, wow, this is like totally, totally just Franco. So uh, I went through and I kind of broke down the film, like sentence by sentence, synopsis, um, down to like 48 sentences. I'll kind of go through that with this. Um, so yeah, there's like an instrumental theme song. You start with the credits over traveling footage with boat and planes. And uh, we see um, her name in this is, uh, it's actually not Emmanuel, it's um, Ava, E-V-A, but I'll just call her Emmanuel. Um, so basically, Emmanuel and uh, uh, not Judas, but uh, what's the guy's name? Oh, does he have his name? Anyway, so it's Judas's brother. It's Gabrielle Tinti, which is Laura Gimser's husband in real life. So basically, uh, Laura Gimser and uh, Judas's brother, uh, they basically uh, had got off the plane together. He had met her when she was on the plane. He had struck a conversation with her, and he had brought up about his brother being uh, into snakes because she had talked about snakes. Uh, so this fancy limo kind of, this Rolls Royce comes up, picks her up at the airport, and the guy drives her away. And the guy says, oh, who's this? And he says, oh, this is a friend of mine, and the guy takes her away. Uh, so then the man, uh, Judas's brother, talks to Judas, and they kind of have a conversation, tells her about uh, Laura Gimser's character, Ava, and that he needs to see her dance at this club because uh, she's like a topless dancer and she dances with snakes. And Jack Palance's character, Judas, is obsessed with snakes. He's a like millionaire, lives by himself, and he keeps like maybe 15 uh, glass tanks with snakes, all different kinds of snakes through them. Uh, poisonous snakes, black mambas, cobras, pythons, all different kinds. Um, so let's see. So then we have the sexy scene of Miss Laura Gimser dancing with a snake topless in a club. So there's the Jess Franco scene about a woman dancing topless with a snake. You see that in a few Franco films of always the lead actress as a stripper doing a cool stage show with the crowd watching her in an interesting club. And this has the same thing. Uh, so then later on, um, Jack Plants' character Judas sees her at a restaurant and sees her eating uh, food with a friend. This is the same guy that drove the limo. And uh, 
then this other woman comes over and has a conversation with her and she sticks her hand under the table and the other woman does the same to her and they start rubbing each other as they're having lunch. After this, um, Emily, uh, Emmanuel, uh, goes in the bedroom. She takes off her clothes, changes it to her nightgown. And then she uh, lays in bed and has uh, fantasies thinking about herself dancing with the snake and of the woman earlier and her, uh, naked in bed together making love and she masturbates to that sequence and that's a really cool film sequence of Emmanuel in this like red room with this giant uh, python and uh, then her and the other woman and it keeps cutting back and forth between the three scenes uh, let's see so then after that um, Jack Plants' character Judas is at home with the snakes and he talks to his brother and they kind of talk about everything their lives what's going on in that and uh, Judas calls up uh, Emmanuel wakes her up and invites her to lunch. He kind of does this on like a sly thing where, as inconspicuous, she doesn't know who he is. He's a secret caller. Invites her to lunch. And so she goes to this Chinese restaurant, and it's her favorite restaurant. And he has lunch with her, and he introduces himself. and says that he's a millionaire and that he would like her to be with him. And that no strings attached, nothing to do. He won't fuck her. He won't kiss her. He won't do anything. He just wants to enjoy her beauty. And since he collects snakes, he likes to collect beauty as well. So... She feels like a kept animal, and she is a lesbian, so she doesn't really dig him at all, but she wants to be around him, and she sees he's a gentleman, and she'll take his money and see how it goes. So first she declines, and she tells him, well, no, thank you very much, and all that and stuff's cool. So, um, but, uh, yeah, so we wanted to have that. But first, he uh, takes her back to his house, shows her all the snakes, because he knows she likes snakes. And he starts talking to her, telling all about himself, and then she gets scared. He goes, oh, what's the matter? Are you scared of the snake? She says, no, I'm scared of you. Because, of course, Jack Plants is a Mr. Cool, creepy, intense guy, so his attitude, I guess, scared her. Um, so then, um, let's see. So then she goes back to the house, and then the her male friend, the guy, the limo driver, who has the same arrangement with her, is jealous of her and tells her, you know, I, I don't mind if you go out with women and stuff, but if, if you go out with a man, you go, me, make me jealous. Why do you do this? And he slaps her and hits her. And then she goes very cold. She takes off her clothes, lays back down, and turns to the side and lets the man fuck her as she just zombies out and just takes it. And then, so that's the end of that relationship. And so the next day, she moves in with Jack Plants' character, Judas, and he buys her new car, opens up a bank account, gives her everything. She goes shopping. Oh, yeah, all the time. This is filmed in Hong Kong, too. So all the studio shots of him in the room, which is funny why he doesn't leave his room. It makes sense because those are all filmed in Rome. Then all the scenes of her traveling, sightseeing, shopping, all that stuff is filmed in Hong Kong. So visually, it's really, really cool. So they probably did this right around the time of Emmanuel in Hong Kong, I would imagine, because they filmed in Hong Kong. Uh, let's see. Um, so uh, so then she moves in with him. And yeah, she goes shopping. And then she, him and... Uh, uh, Jack Plants' character Judas and his brother talk about all her and what's going on with that and stuff. And uh, his brother's kind of like a dece- his his younger brother is jealous of Jack Plants' character because he inherited the money and his brother has to be cool for like five years and stay out of trouble. Then he'll get half the money. So he's very um, jealous of his older brother and that he has to still work and make a living while his brother gets to spend all this money. And he sees him giving the money to Emmanuel now, so he's extra jealous of her character. So he's always conniving, figuring out a way to take them out and to um, move ahead of sort and claim his uh, inheritance. So you kind of see where this is going to go. Um, 
So let's see. Uh, so Jack talks to the snake. He talks to the snake, says conversation. Uh, many welcomes by visits, ta- talks to him, and they flirt and kiss a little bit and this and that. So uh, his brother encourages Jack Plants to have a party. So Manuel meets this woman at the party and a young guy, and then she has a kind of a threesome outside with them where she plays with their, plays with him, and they, they, they both put their hands in her skirt. But then Jack Plants' brother comes in, catches him, and says, well, you need to be the hostess of this and that, and it kind of cock-blocks him and uh, interrupts the threesome before anything really happens. But you see her character of how she's very sexual, and she gravitates to the women, and she'll uh, that's her whole trip. Uh, so then we cut to her on the beach, which is a really beautiful scene. She's in this great bikini and that. And uh, Judas's brother, of course, the younger guy, always fixing something, brings this new woman named Jerry and tries to drop her off to Emmanuel, saying, hey, i got to go to work. This is a friend of mine. You should hang out with her and talk to her and this and that stuff. Knows that something's going to happen with her. So, uh, so the woman says, well, yeah, yeah, I can go swim, but I have no I have no swimsuit. And Emmanuel says, oh, don't worry. I have an extra one. Come here. You can come over here, and I'll change with you. So then the women address, and uh, Manuel gives her the swimsuit, puts a swimsuit on her, and checks her out and stuff, and the girl's coy with her and that. And then the Emmanuel and the woman go out and sightsee and check out the check out Hong Kong and have lunch and have a good conversation and that. And then they go out to have uh, nude massages, which is a really cool sequence. The two of them strip down nude and lay there, and these two women have this like vibrating thing on their hand that they go over their body with. And they break out the big magic wand, the big white magic wand, and uh, f- do Manuel on his butt and their back and flip them over and that. It's not real graphic. They don't like go inside of them or anything, but it's just very, very erotic, very beautiful scene uh, without being X-rated. Um, so then we have a sequence after that with uh, like this dinner party where you have everybody there. You have Jack Blant's character, Judas. You have Emmanuel. You have uh, Judas's younger brother and his date, this girl named Candy. And then, of course, Jerry, the blonde girl that Emmanuel's seeing. And then uh, their dinner's over, and Emmanuel says, hey, I'll, I'll drive you home, Jerry, and stuff. So then Jack figures out what's going on, knows that Jerry and her have a thing. And the brother tries to, like, tell his brother, yeah, you know, she doesn't love you, and blah, blah, blah. Doing this to basically fuck him over. You know, yeah, it's all, all part of his plan. So uh, he kind of felt bad because he's just sent his brother up to fail. So... Uh, so then Jack Plants ends up showing these uh, younger brother sedate the snake and explains how the snake is poisonous and this and that and stuff and don't fuck around with that and stuff. So then, uh, um, so then Jack Plants goes to bed in that and his young brother's there with the date and uh, he gets her naked on the floor by the tanks and then for some reason like he gets her naked and they start messing around and then I don't know if she's like drugged out or drunk or something because. He then takes a snake out, puts it on her, and goes up by her legs and between her legs and her chest and stuff. And she thinks it's his body touching her, and she doesn't know it's a snake, but she could like look down any time and see it. But I don't know; she's in like a haze, or she's just looking up to the sky. So anyway, so then she freaks out and uh, starts putting the snake on her and stuff. And then uh, the snake bites her actually. Um, and uh, let's see, uh, yeah. So then during that time, though, Emmanuel takes Jerry out to lunch and. Uh, lunch oh, that's weird actually they go to dinner so then she takes her to this uh, lesbian club actually and then uh, like I said the man puts a snake on the woman and it bites her and freaks her out and then she gets allergic to it and then Manuel goes with Jerry to the club they go out dancing 
that's another thing too the Franco thing they go to this like club there's a dance scene where everybody's dancing as a couple then there's a stage scene of these two women that are quote unquote sisters that get naked and strip and do do this act so that's like another Franco scene it's funny um, so then uh, yeah the two strips dance strip and then Emily takes Jerry home because she gets a call that says Judas says hey uh, I need you to come home we have kind of an emergency here so Emmanuel comes home and uh Candy's taken to the hospital for the bites, and uh, but she'll live. She's just allergic to that to it, and she doesn't die in that. And I guess her brother, or his brother, did it for kicks because he's like a sadist and he gets off on that shit. So um, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, that's why he does it. Like he's not he's doing it from that side because he's just a, he likes to have trouble all around him. And, that, and you'll see it comes back to bite him. No pun intended. The ending's really good though. Uh, so anyway, Emily and Jerry have lunch. Um, they go sightseeing, talk, go on a boat ride. Another Franco thing. This cool boat ride in Hong Kong, and they're on the boat talking. And she's telling her about when she was a kid, and she danced with snakes when she was a little girl, and all through her life, and, and her in her life of men and m- money and career and everything she did. Then we see this. There's like two wow sequences I have in this film that I'm just like really. I don't know. It's hard for me to see animal stuff getting killed, but. It's the, I guess it was in the area for what it is and stuff, Hong Kong street vendor. But you see this Hong Kong street vendor and the two women watch, and we see in non-shot, in just one take, it's not fake. He grabs the snake by the head, takes it out of the bag, takes his knife and cuts the snake in four sections and skins the snake down, takes it through, lays it through. You see the inside of the snake, it's still moving, chops it up into pieces, throws it in this big pan with fire and the whole routine. And he just sits there and he films a woman's reaction and films this whole um, routine of how they how they kill this thing and fry it up and cook it and, and everything. And then you see them handed bowls and they eat it. So I don't know if they really eat the snake or, or eating something else. So then uh, they have that sequence. So then, but in the meantime, um, Jack Plants says, hey, I got to go out of town because I'm a zoologist, you know, wants to talk to me about these snakes. And his brother, young brother, says, oh, yeah, I have to go out of town too. I won't be around too. So then Emmanuel says, well, then all and Jack Plant says, hey, can you watch my snakes for me and feed them while I'm gone and stuff? And, you know, blah, blah, blah. So she said, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of your snakes and that. So then she goes out with Jerry and does this and that. Like you said, go out and has dinner and stuff. So then she takes Jerry back to the house and says, hey, I have the house to myself. It's just me and you. Come over. We can stay the weekend. Uh, I'll cook you dinner and we'll have sex and, and we'll have a good time. So uh, basically they, they come home and their second wow sequence is, we see a scene of Emmanuel feeding live mice to the snakes, and you see the close-up of the snake all in one shot, wrap around the mouse and the white mouse and stuff, and crush it to death, and then eat it all the way down to its butt and the shit coming out of the back of the mouse's ass. It's really gross. I was just like, wow, you know, but I wanted to watch it because I've never seen that before, but I won't see that again. But yeah, so, uh, and then meanwhile, while this is going on, um, uh, actually, I kind of had a majorly cool scene. Before that, though, after they have dinner and eat, Emmanuel says, hey, let's go take a shower together. So the two girls go in this cool open shower. Meanwhile, uh, the younger brother is hiding, watching. So he's watching the two girls take a shower, and he's just like, whoa, just stunned by their beauty and watching these two girls bathe each other and soap each other down that. Then he hides and watches them feed the mouse to the snakes and this and that. Okay, now we're back on track. Then uh, Manuel and Jerry have dinner in the bedroom, and they go to bed, go to sleep. So as they're sleeping, the man's sneaking around the room, or sneaking around the house, and he takes uh, the deadly snake that they give the thing about how if it bites you, you'll die within a few seconds, whatever. 
uh, he takes a snake and he th- puts it in with gloves and a hand and a like a kind of like a tongs deal. Picks up the snake and puts it in the room. And uh, Jerry wakes up and she thinks she hears it and stuff and she starts getting scared. So the snake comes up on the bed. Emmanuel turns the light on, sees it, and uh, and the snake bites Jerry because she starts freaking out. And Emmanuel says, "What are you doing? You shouldn't be scared. You shouldn't be scared." And so the snake senses her fear, bites her, and kills her. And then Emmanuel catches the snake in her hand and puts it back in the cage or the tank and calls the doctor. And then the doctor talks to her and she says, well, no, you know, we're here by ourselves. And, and I know I, I, I sealed all the tanks and, and there's no way they could have got out. And, uh, but I think she knew that the brother said, but she doesn't say that. She goes, yeah, you know, I, I, it's just us. And, and, but when I came back, it was open. So I don't know how it could have been open when I put him back in. So she knew somebody opened the, cases but she wasn't sure who but she thinks she has an idea so she goes to lunch with jack palance and she tells him that she's upset by us and she wants to just go home and be by herself and that and uh jack Palance says well hey man you know i mean i'm sorry that you know you had that stuff but why don't you go on a vacation or something first you know with my brother and and, and have a good time in that and and uh get away and stuff and 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 whatever you want just have this as, as a going away gift a thank you gift and then when you get back, then you can go away and go home and go on your own. Since I told you, you can leave whenever you want. So she says, okay. So she goes with the younger brother, and they go fly away to the airport. They go to this little island, and she's getting a massage by this guy named Fang, and he's watching. She's talking to Fang and stuff. And she says, well, I want to." I was talking to Fang and his brother, and they have this island, and they live there with their family. And it reminds me of how I grew up when I was a kid. And I want to go on this island. And he goes, well, I don't really want to do that and stuff. She says, well, your brother says to give me anything I want. And this is what I really, really want. It'll make me happy, blah, blah, blah. So she talks him into the very next day, getting on a boat with Fang and his brother and her and going to this island to visit this culture and stuff. So she's so happy. And they go on this boat and they go away to this island. And uh, they go to go in the huts. And he goes to sleep and wakes up. So the next morning he wakes up and she's not there. And he looks around for her. And he walks down to the little area, starts searching for her. And as he goes down, he spies her um, laying on her stomach. Or no, I'm sorry, laying on her back while a man's kissing her stomach. Another guy is playing a guitar, just like Franco's scene of the guy playing the guitar in the background while another guy is, or two girls or whatever is going at it. So this guy in the background, that's why I made a special extra star for the guitar. So that was a perfect scene, the guy playing the acoustic guitar. And the guy walks down there and says, like, hey, you know... Uh, tries to cock block and get in and he leans down and starts kissing Emmanuel and trying to take over while the other guy Fang backs off and stuff meanwhile Emmanuel looks over to Fang and Fang and his brother get up and they go in this pot and they grab this snake out of this thing out of this canister this, this like bag you know weaved pot and uh, they come back and the other guy grabs his arm and kind of double overhooks his arm from behind locks him in that's like wrestling lock which is pretty solid actually I, and I watched what he did and it it's a legit hold. So he has him locked in there. And uh, Manuel talks to him and says that she knew he killed her and stuff, killed the woman. And then he finally he confesses, yeah, you know, this and that stuff. It was just a game. I didn't know it would go that far and, and that. And he finally confesses to her death. So then she says, this is the, and she names the type of snake it is. And she says, this is the snake they call the devil. And we put the devil in the man and to set him free. So this, she said the snake eats his way out. The snake does not bite, but it does eat all the way through flesh or whatever to get out. So the, the other guy holds him, they pull his pants down, and they put the snake down the back of his pants, pull his pants up, 
and they cut to his face and you see him screaming as we imagine the snakes biting through and eating and you see Emmanuel's face so the snake kills the guy and eats him and then uh, so then she returns back to Jack Plants's house and kind of confesses to him and he knew that she killed his brother and that she did it and stuff and and uh, what happened in that and then uh, and then she finally uh, is getting ready to leave and she sees the snake that bit the girl and that and, and she says well I want to do a dance with the with the mamba and he says no you can't do that you can't do that she takes the little snake and starts dancing with it knowing how deadly it is and she flirts and dances and he watches her and then finally the snake bites her once and twice and you see her face like oh fuck and then she remembers back oh if it bites you twice you can die within seconds and then she just starts looking at him and realizes that she's getting ready to die and so she collapses to the ground and she dies and he, uh, the last shot is a Franco shot where you see Blance in the corner calling his friend, doctor again, getting ready to call in her death. And uh, it's a low angle shot on the ground, so it goes up through the glass tank where it looks like he's inside the glass tank where he's a he's a animal, he's a prisoner, he's his own collection. And it's a low angle floor shot, which is always great. Franco uses those a lot, especially at this time frame. And... Uh, so yeah, you see that, and then it just plays with the credits, and then it ends. But yeah, it's totally Franco style. I like the whole situation, the dancing. He focused that a lot. Strip club, a, a performer that has an act that's intriguing, and I could see maybe like Soldad, like when I was watching this, because this is like 1970. This he was doing this right before Eugenie. So I would imagine like Soldad Miranda would have played this part, and then he has on here too. Um, uh, with um, Vincent Price and Peter Cushing. So I'd imagine Vincent Price would play Judas, the Jack Plants part, and uh, Peter Cushing would play the um, Gabriel Tinti part of his younger brother, or vice versa. Actually, probably vice versa. Probably, I don't know. Yeah, maybe Peter Cushing would probably be the snake man, and uh, Vincent Price would be the conniving younger brother, or vice versa, but either of those guys I could see in that part. So yeah, that that would be a dream project if that would have happened. If Franco would have done that film with Price and Peter Cushing and like uh, either Soldad Miranda or um, Maria Rome or somebody like that, you know, because that's right around that time, right in the pocket. So yeah, I could totally see that happening. But I, t- I totally see Soldad, maybe Soldad, and then Jerry would be Maria Rome. So yeah, there it is. There's the dream project that could have been Black Cobra, directed by Jess Franco, written by. Jess Franco, uh, producer Harry Allen Towers, starring Vincent Price, Peter Cushing, Soldad Miranda, and Maria Rome. So yeah, that'd be fucking cool. So yeah, that's probably what it could have been. An alternate universe, that should have been. So uh, this is going to be a shorter episode. It's just me. There's no research. Like I said, the research part is just that. It's just my review going through the thing. Um... This is a recorded spur of the moment. I watched this and I was taking notes. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a bonus episode. This since this won't have, it'll have a maybe an episode number or I'll name it double O or or A or like A one or something because it's not part of the Franco universe, but it's a Franco, um, it's a Franco byproduct. It's like a a carbon copy that could have been, but it still has got his fingerprints all over it, and he did it so. I'll still charge this up to him, even though his name isn't on a lot of that. So if you enjoy stuff like this, and you enjoy Franco-obsessed people like myself, and I'm sure you are as well, 
please tell your friends about the Franco Observer podcast. We come out every Wednesday morning, hump day, and we deliver new episodes and uh, help you through the week and break it up and all that good shit. usually do about four to six episodes a month. This will be a bonus one, so this will be a free, well, they're all free, but this will be an extra one on top of the extra, so a hat on a hat, so to speak. Almost like Eugenie, the big hats in that. Uh, you can find us at Facebook, Franco Observer Podcast. We've got an Instagram page, Franco Observer Podcast. You can get a hold of us at Yahoo, at FrancoObserver at Yahoo.com. And let's see what else. Um, keep on keeping on, and think of Uncle Jess, and this is all done in the memory, and and uh, love and appreciation for all things Jess Franco. Have a good night. Stay safe. Stay warm. Keep the bug bugs out. Adios. Mm-hmm.